You're listening to the Eagles Insider Podcast. Now here's your host, Chris McPherson. Welcome again to another edition of the Eagles Insider Podcast. I am Chris McPherson alongside Alex Smith. And Alex, it's surreal that this is already the last week of the 2016 season. It's incredibly hard to believe. I've been talking to people about that, talking to friends and other people. It's just like, it's unbelievable how fast this season went. I remember the first day of training camp. I remember the regular season opener, and it all feels like it was yesterday. But this season really has flown by, and it, there's been some ups and downs, of course, but really a fast year. And I think an exciting year for the Eagles, no matter what the record is. This has been an exciting year and you know, really something to build off moving forward. And I think that's why it's going by so fast. Yeah, so this week on the podcast, we were very thrilled to be able to have McLeod on. Talked about his journey to the NFL, You know, was a rookie free agent signing of the St. Louis Rams, became a starter in his second year in the league, and then became the big ticket free and signing for the Eagles last offseason along with Brandon Brooks. Again, shoring up both sides of the football there. But a lot about his family. You know, Alex did a great story in our Game Day magazine, the cover story a few weeks ago, just how much Rodney McLeod's family means to him and how they've helped him get to where he is today. So it's a little bit of everything. I think let's get into it. It's our interview here with safety, Rodney McLeod. You know, we're starting to wrap up the regular season, so we're going to go out with a bang. So, <laughs> Rodney, welcome to the podcast. And we did a feature on you in our Game Day magazine. Alex Smith wrote it a couple weeks ago. And a lot of it was about the relationship with your family and how much that's helped you get to where you are today. So, to kind of go back into that, how much has family, your family in particular, meant to you in terms of getting to where you are today? Without family, wouldn't definitely be here. They've been a part of my life since I was, you know, born. Have two great parents. Got a stepfather as well. You know, brothers and sisters, siblings. I'm the oldest, so it was always tough. Had to, you know, set the example. And it's almost like they got kind of got tough shoes to fill, you know, <laughs> with somebody being in the NFL. But they're my biggest support system, man. From like I said, my mom to my grandmother to my brothers and sisters, cousins. I mean, the list goes on. And they've definitely been a factor in why I'm here today, and you know, made me the person that I am. So you're the oldest of six, correct? Uh, is it six of us? Yeah. So there's, <laughs> I got a thing, man. I got a thing. So I got two brothers and three souls, five. Yeah, so five underneath me, yep. So were there times where it's great to be the older brother, but also sort of like you've got to set the example, like you said, so you get treated a little more disciplined, so to speak. Exactly, yeah. Everything I do is looked at, you know, on the greatest scale. It's like, if you do it, then they're going to feel like they can do it. Kind of had to watch it at times, make sure, you know, I do things the right way, set a good example. I feel like I've done that. You know, I got five great siblings. Some are in college right now, then a few younger ones that's in elementary school growing up. They're all active, very active, and I'm uh, very proud of What was life like growing up for you? We like to go into everybody's background. We just talked about your family, but what was life like growing up? Life was good, man. Pretty much moms made sure everything was handled in the house, getting us from sporting activities to after school activities, things like that. Like I said, I had my dad was around. I would actually be at my mom's, you know, during the week, and I would go to my dad's on the weekends to make that work. So that was cool. Spent time with him a lot. Then, you know, I got a stepfather too. So he's been there since I've been five. So I've had practically two father figures in my life the whole time. Besides that, mom was very hard on us in school. She took me off the football team a few times, man, because my grades weren't right. So it wasn't like, you know, it's all ball that mattered. Education was stressing my household a lot. I feel like that helped me out 
going to the University of Virginia, a tough college like that, both academically and far as sports goes. So priority number one was to get my degree. And if, you know, pursuing my NFL dreams happened, didn't happen. But at the end of the day, number one objective was to get my college degree. Ronnie, what are your first memories of playing football? How did you get into it? First memories was, I probably feel like the highlight of my football career growing up was I was six years old. Obviously, mom signed me up and we're playing um, this team called Lanham. I think it was like a toss sweep on the left-hand side. Took it for like 97 yards <laughs> straight down the left sideline. Like, never forget it. Like, still in my head. I never will forget that moment. And I feel like that just was just like my wake-up call. Like, okay, yeah, this guy's going to be something. I had a great career um, growing up, then attended DeMatha Catholic High School, one of the best high schools in the, in the nation. Plug, plug there. <laughs> yeah. And then I was able to get a full scholarship to Virginia. And, you know, now I'm in the league five years later, too. So you talked about going to DeMatha, same high school, of course, as Brian Westbrook. What was life like there? I mean, the balance between school and football, obviously they're well known for their academics, I mean, and their athletics as well. So what, what was high school like? Yeah, it was a heck of a school to go to, man. They prepared me for college in a lot of different ways. I went to public school all my life up until that point. So it was a big adjustment for me coming in. And it was a hard transition in the beginning, I'm not going to lie. Kind of was just stuck in my old ways, not really putting forth the full effort that I needed to and kind of struggled in the beginning. But it was a mindset and I realized... If I want to go to college and things like that, I got to get my grades right. So they did a good job preparing me for college in the way that they had classes, very competitive too, in the classroom and then on the field and how they structured things on the field. It was kind of at a college level. So I looked at it kind of as a mini college there. For my four years there, I definitely grew up a lot. Got to credit coaches and all the teachers there for kind of molding me and getting me prepared for Virginia. So you grew up in Maryland, Mm -hmm. went to DeMatha. Were you highly recruited? Coming out of high school, how did you end up at Virginia? I was like a three-star. I think I was like top 10 in Maryland area. So highly recruited a little bit. Had a good amount of offers and stuff like that. But Virginia, actually, Maryland was my first offer. Virginia kind of came somewhere midway point. My mom had a list of all these schools we were going to go visit. And then I was going to narrow it down to my five. Uh, I had a good amount of schools. I think we had went to like Syracuse. UConn and all these schools and then we came to Virginia on junior day and I was there I was having a good time everything that they were presenting to me was just like kept hearing a voice like this is a place for you this place really? for you. so told my mom right after I was like hey mom this is where I want to be she was like are you sure like I done paid all this money I got all these other schools we got to go to to try to narrow it down I was like mom like I really think this is school for me you know made that decision that day on junior day don't have any regrets on my decision it's not known. I mean, plays in a big conference, the Cavaliers do, but it's not known as a football factory. Yeah. Some of the other schools that mm-hmm. you just mentioned, did the NFL come into your mind at all when making the decision? Oh, yeah, no question. I think at that point, they actually were coming off a good season. Chris Long was a part of that team. They had went to the Gator Bowl. So I was very hopeful that Virginia Cavaliers, we were going to be a good team. I mean, unfortunately, I only had one winning season there. My senior year was a good way to go out, but definitely had all types of dreams and aspirations of making the league. Felt I'll grow. His background with the NFL would help. Great coach. Still talk to him to this day. And I just felt like I'd get the best of both worlds. Like I said, very well known academically. You know, Virginia speaks wonders in the world outside of uh, sports. Then I also had the opportunity to reach the NFL. So it was kind of like a no-brainer. Two hours away from Maryland, close to my family. You know, I still get a good college experience at the same time. 
So eventually the NFL draft process starts. At that point, what are you hearing about your prospects as far as scouts coming out to see you and where you might go and that kind of thing? Kind of, you know, the latter part of senior year, start hearing, you know, a lot of things, possibly what late to undrafted priority free agent. I was actually able to get into the East-West game, so I think that helped me out a lot. But I kind of was one of those tweener-type guys. He has played corner. He's played nickel, but do we really see him there? Is he fast enough? Or he plays safety, but is he too small? Will he be durable? So I was kind of hearing all those things. Didn't know what would happen on draft day. As we know, you know, I went undrafted. St. Louis gave me the opportunity to go there, and I just capitalized on it. But yeah, that was pretty much the story coming out. Had teams calling me on on draft day, which was hard. Got a few calls, scares. I'm like, can't do that. (laughs) You know, at a moment like that, everybody's like, my mom had a little cookout for me and things. So I got family and friends there. But I mean, it was a good time, man. You know, obviously God has had a plan for me. I trusted it. Now I'm here. What was the process like after the draft ended? Got calls, St. Louis. I think even Dallas like gave me a call. Few other teams, I can't remember, like, I think maybe Cleveland or something. But, anyways, got a call from St. Louis. They told me, hey, man, the coach called me, said, we got three safeties in here. We're bringing three of you guys in. It's pretty much two of y'all most likely going to make the team, one's going to get cut. And I was like, hey, that sounds good to me. I mean, I'm a competitor. I have faith in my skills and my talent. I just need a foot in the door. And my agent agreed with that, was like, hey, he called me. He's like, St. Louis is where you're going, no question. It kind of happened very quick within maybe like five minutes. Told everybody there, family's going crazy. Like, oh, you know, we're going to St. Louis. So it was a very exciting moment. What do you remember about that first training camp, that first preseason as you're trying to make your way to the roster? Nerve wracking. <laughs> you just like tiptoeing around, don't really know if I'm going to be here the next day, the next week. So kind of just treating every day like my last, really. That's how kind of I approached it, taking nothing for granted. And it was exciting just to, you know, be able to run out the tunnel my first preseason game. You know, like I said, I was I was nervous just for the fact like, hey, man, this is the league. This is what I dreamed about. I don't want to mess this up. And uh, very anxious, too, at the same time. So I got out there, man. I actually forced a fumble. Guys like a TFL, I think. And once you get like a first hit in the game, I mean, any player tell you or something like that, you make a play. It's just, you know, you're more relaxed, calm. I just kind of Went with that and carried it through the rest of the training camp and preseason. But it was nerve-wracking, though, each and every week. Vets would tell me, hey, man, you're good. Like, you're going to make the team. Trust me, I've been around here. But I don't know how this league goes. So I still was, you know, very hungry and just trying to do what I can. So, of course, you do eventually make the team. But when did you finally crack the starting lineup? Didn't crack the starting lineup until the third preseason of the following year, my second year. Guy went down, got hurt, and put me in the lineup. Obviously, I was behind him, and it was actually versus like Peyton Manning, Denver Broncos. So third preseason game, you know, that's kind of like a real, you know, test before, you know, the actual season kicks off. I had a good game there, and then the player was going to be out for a good amount of time. And they came to me like the following week was like, hey, man, going into week one, you're our guy. And, you know, just haven't looked back since, really. You know, it's been a blessing, but it's, it's crazy how things happen. A lot of things has to do with timing. Definitely, you know, skill set too, but they've seen a lot in me. Grateful they gave me that opportunity, and, you know, now I'm here. Ronnie, I love your reckless style of play. The <laughs> way, you know, Philadelphia just embraces players like that who just throw themselves into everything, and you've been like that throughout your career in St. Louis and since you've been here with the Eagles. Where does that come from? Uh, man, just from within inside of me, man. I'm a very passionate player, how I play the game. I kind of just want to be involved in everything. 
jumping on the pile late or whatever it is. <laughs> like, I just always been very active in everything that I do. And just giving it my all, man, that's like, I feel like that's all I know. Even before I've been undrafted, that's just the player I am. If you look at me in college, high school, you know, a guy that's just competitive, very passionate, just going to give it his all. Those are all things that I take pride in. I'm a 5'10 guy, but I feel like I play like I'm 6'2". Fans are really excited to have you teamed up with Malcolm Jenkins, mm-hmm. but what does it mean for you to have someone like Brian Dawkins in the building who is, you know, one of the best safeties to ever play to kind of be that mentor for you? Yeah, man, it's, it's great having uh, B-Doc around. You know, when I first got here, I think I seen him within, you know, maybe first couple of weeks. It was just like, oh man, like that's Brian Dawkins. I like, gotta like gotta go up and shake his hand. I'm Sound like, like a fan. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, you know, because as a kid, I mean, you growing up, man, you see this guy, you know, dark visor enforcer back there. You gotta respect how he plays the game, played it the right way. So shook his hand. I'm like, man, you could still see like he he looked like he could give us a goal line snap <laughs> yeah. or two. But it's been great, it's man. Talking to him on and off the field. He's very helpful. Always has his door open for us. Very encouraging. You know, always knows what to say, as he did as a, as a leader here. Definitely trying to pick his brain a little bit as much as I can. I think this offseason I'll be around a little more to really talk to him, sit down and kind of go over this first year a little bit just to see uh, how he sees things. Take a few notes from a Hall of Famer. It's great definitely having him here. How emotional was the weekend when you signed with the Eagles? You talked about how you were a priority free agent after the draft. You were priority free in a different way where mm-hmm. all these teams wanted you. What was that time period like for you? Oh, uh, man, it was it was a stressful time period up until the final day. But once everything kind of cleared up and, and I made my decision, I felt like how I did Virginia. I felt like I made the right decision. My family was behind me 100% and was, you know, ready to get on to this, you know, new team, new journey, and new chapter that God had for me. But words can't even describe how I felt. I think I was going out to celebrate and I kind of just had a breakdown because after everything, you know, everybody's like, oh man, congrats, this and that feeling. And then finally a moment to myself when I just thought about everything that I've been through kind of just broke down a little bit. My grandmother was very special to me. I talked about her before, but just her goal was to see me graduate and then to see me reach my dreams and to have reached my dreams and then reach it in this manner and to have her not be here was hard for me. You know, I know she's always out there, you know, watching over me, but it was a hard time for her not to be able to literally see it physically and me see her experience everything with me. What was your grandmother's name? Catherine Graham. Yeah, we called her Nana, though, so that's her nickname. Got her, um, you know, a tattoo honored in her on my left inside, like, bicep. So, yeah, man, she was a very special woman to me. You know, grandmothers play pretty much like moms. (laughs) So I have two... You know, my other grandmother's still alive now, two of them actually, but she was a part of my life and very special to me. When did she pass away? My senior year in high school. Literally, like, right kind of maybe like April of, like, high school. Right before you graduated. Right before graduation, yeah. So it was a hard time for my family on my dad's side. We definitely miss her each and every day. She passed away from pancreatic cancer? Yeah, correct. correct. You do a lot of work with cancer research now Mm -hmm. to kind of help generate awareness for that. Yeah, correct. you speak to some of the things that you've done? You know, teamed up and partnered with AACR right here in Philadelphia, American Association for Cancer Research. Kind of linked up with them, told my story, just kind of been partnered with them. Had event a few weeks back during this holiday season, did something with Burberry where a certain percentage of that night went to AACR. Then we raised like 
overall, like maybe forty five to fifty thousand in two hours. So probably five to six or something is going to them. So very thankful for everybody that participated in that and will continue to do things this upcoming year too. My last question for you, Rodney, is everything you went through this season, signing the big ticket free agent contract, coming to Philadelphia, new defense, you know, new head coach, you were named an alternate to the Pro Bowl. What did it mean for you to get recognized like that? Definitely an honor to be recognized, you know, in this league in that manner from coaches, my peers, and then, you know, the fans too. But, you know, it just shows, you know, hard work pays off and um, definitely moving forward in the right direction. That's definitely one of the goals that I have since I've gotten into the league and in the starting position is to be named a pro bowler at some point. So very hopeful, man, see what happens, you know, in the next month. There's a will, there's a way, you know. So hopefully I get in there. If not, man, I just keep putting in the hard work in this offseason. Look forward to next year, hopefully being, you know, named a starter. Ronnie McLeod, thank you very much for joining us here on the Eagles Insider Podcast. Don't miss your chance to have your own locker in the Eagles locker room and catch a touchdown pass at Lincoln Financial Field. At Eagles Fantasy Camp, you'll find out what it's really like to play for the Eagles. Learn more at eaglesfantasycamp.com. So that was our interview with safety Rodney McLeod. We appreciate the time that, that he gave us. Amazing story, story of perseverance, you know, resiliency little bit of everything there from Rodney. Yeah, and I love Rodney's personality, and yeah. I think that, you know it comes through whenever he talks, but just an easy guy to talk to, a, a, a fun personality. You can tell he has fun when he's out there on the field, and just a really good guy, I think, to have in your locker room. Really, from the moment that he got here, he kind of fit right in with Malcolm Jenkins in that secondary, but really love Rodney's personality, and as we kind of get into the next part of this podcast, you'll see that that comes from his family. He kind of inherits that from his mom, Kim who we just so happen to talk to on this podcast as well. Yeah, so we want to learn a little bit more about Rodney. So we welcomed Kim Holloman, Rodney's mother, to come on to the podcast. And in our interview with her, we're going to talk about what Rodney was like as a child, uh, the sacrifices the family had to make to send him to DeMatha, what it was like for him to attend Virginia, and what it's like being the mother of an NFL player. What's it like after a game when you see your son outside the locker room after a thrilling victory or tough defeat? What are the things you say? What are those moments like? Here's our interview now with Kim Holloman. Welcome to the podcast. And we understand that it is your birthday. Your birthday is coming up. So happy yeah. early birthday. Happy, happy early New birthday. Year. Happy holidays. It's just a grand old time for you, isn't it? It sure is. I can't complain at all. It's truly been a blessing to watch Rodney in his first year with the Philadelphia Eagles. And I'm just been so excited. The fans have been wonderful. You know, we've been cheering and rooting. And, you know, the fans really appreciate the loudness and the fans that we bring to every game we attend. So, Kim, what was it like when he signed with the Eagles as a free agent? Can you take me through what that was like as a mother? Oh, gosh. Uh, whew, emotional. Just the, you know, uncertainty of how it's all going to play out. But once, you know, it finally played out, I was just, you know, excited for him and glad that he was able to live his dream that he worked so hard from the age of six to, you know, fulfill. And he's talked to us a lot about, you know, just how important his family has been to him. And, and after he did sign here with the Eagles, how he just kind of had that moment where, you know, he thought about everything that his family has done for him. How important is the role of family within your family? It's very important. We really try hard to, you know, make sure everyone is there for each other and continue to, you know, keep everybody in a positive mindset, you know, with the way life is, you know, you have your ups and your downs, but the most important thing is to have family around you that can help you, you know, stay focused and continue on that positive track. You know, so many people, you know, let life 
take them, you know, and do things that are in the negative as far as drinking and the drugs. But if your family is around you, support you and there for you all the time, no matter what, I really think that helps you to stay on the right track. How did Rodney fit into the family as a child? You know, was he someone who always was someone garnering attention? Was he quiet and shy? What was he like as a child, Kim? Rodney was quiet and shy. As he grew up, of course, you know, and developed as his own young man, that's when, you know, the girls start to filter in and everything. And, you know, moms decided to, hey, you need to make this change because the distraction is coming. And so that's why I decided to allow him to attend the math at the all-boys school. And I think that really helped him, you know, stay focused, stay grounded, and, you know, help keep him on the right track to be able to be in his education have that time in his sports and not allow the other distractions to take a part of his grades and, you know, where he's trying to go. And then as far as, you know, his track to UVA, I think that just continued on to be able to know where you're trying to go to and not allow the other distractions in life to just take over. That really has set the other children under him, of course, to really look up to him and be like, hey, if he can do it, I can do it as well. I know he has a younger brother, the last one who's 10, you know, he tends to have the negative reaction, but his brother always says, never say that you can't do anything. You can do anything. You just have to put your mind to it and try hard, but don't be a quitter and say that you can't do it. How much do Rodney's younger siblings look up to him? Because, you know, anybody kind of looks up to that oldest sibling, but he's an NFL player. I mean, he's really reached Mm -hmm. his goals and he's achieved a lot in his life. So how do his younger siblings look up to him? They look up to him a lot. His sister, Portia, who um, attends UNCG, she's actually a a dancer on the Golden Delight. And so she just filled out this application for a leadership role. And she said, you know, it's my brother who I really look up to, you know, how he succeeded, how he, you know, overcome the obstacles of people saying, you know, about his size and can't make it. And then I look up to his, his other brother, Christian, who attends Fordham, who didn't get that full scholarship for college. But yet and still is going to be like, I'm going to walk on and I'm going to do this thing. It's just a cycle that he has set that example and that they are really like, this is possible. Anything is possible that I put my mind to and I can do it. Does Alex want to throw in the Fordham plug since he is a proud alum? I'm a Fordham man myself, so go Rams. Oh, really? Okay. (laughs) Kim, can you talk about the sacrifices that you and your family had to make to get Rodney to DeMatha? Because obviously you had... A grand plan for him. You want to give him every opportunity to succeed. And I'm sure this is a challenge with a lot of parents where you say you want to make sure they have the best education, the best opportunities possible, but it's not always easy to do that. So what sacrifices did you and and the rest of the family have to make to be able to give Rodney the opportunity that he was able to parlay into his NFL career? Well, I think we just all came together financially and, you know, made that definite plan to, you know, at all costs, let's make this happen. So with my husband and Rodney's father, you know, and all three of us getting together, God just worked everything out and we were able to, you know, afford the tuition and not allow, even if it was a time in the plan that, you know, hey, we were a little short, you know, we never really let him see this is really, you know, a struggle for us to be able to pay it just so that he can stay focused. But at the same time, just pushing through each and every obstacle that we came upon for paying the tuition and make sure it was done because we knew that it's just what we needed to do for our son. Kim, when it came time for Rodney to choose a college of where he wanted to take his next step, how much did he rely on on you for your help and kind of your guidance to help find the right way and ultimately end up at UVA? That's weird because, you know, this is my first going to college, doing the whole visiting the, you know, colleges and 
seeing what it's like and just getting the whole enjoyment and fulfillment of everything. So we talked about it. And when we just went to UVA, it was just like, he was just like, this is it. This is where I want to be. And I'm like, huh? You sure? Like, we have to go here, here, and here. Are you sure? And he was like, I'm sure this is where I want to be. And even when we took another trip to visit UConn, he still said, "Mm -mm, UVA is where I want to be. Kim, Rodney's come a long way in his NFL career from a player who wasn't even drafted to, you know, he had to fight his way onto a roster to being really a big-time free agent acquisition for the Eagles. Has any of this changed him? Uh, You know, any of the success that he's found in the NFL? Is he any different as a person? He's not. He remains the same humble, caring, and giving person that he's just been since college. I can, you know, call him and ask him for anything, and he'll be yes, you know. He still gives up his time to, you know, hang out with his siblings to do that family thing. Like, you know, Mother's Day, you know, I have my little thing I created where we kind of wear the same colors, you know, on Mother's Day. You know, he still does those little things that sometimes, you know, as children get older and they, you know, develop into their own, they're like, "Ah, I'm not wearing nothing, you know, like that with you all. You know, and then we just did the thing for Christmas where we all wore elf outfits. He's real cool. He's real cool and humble and doesn't have that high head. And mostly everybody that he comes in contact says the same thing. He doesn't have that big head. He still can, you know, talk to people and relate to people and not think that he's above and beyond and and untouched or you can't hang out with Rodney. Kim, how do we get a picture of this said family photo of everyone in the elf outfits? Ah, I'll send it to you all. Sweet. Love it. Kim, speaking of fashion... Where did Rodney get his sense of fashion? Because a short time ago, I ran into him inside the cafeteria, and he was sporting this NASA jacket that had like a ripcord on it, the whole nine. And uh, he had one jacket earlier this year, was the old school Anaheim Mighty Ducks, like straight from the movie. He obviously mm-hmm. loves fashion. So where did he get that from? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I'm trying to figure it out because I'll just look at him and be like, really? <laughs> It like I think the pants he just wore at the last game, the red pants. I was like, really? I don't, I, I don't know. I can't shop for him. I can tell you that. We can honestly tell your you and your family are huge fans of Rodney. How many games do you get to come to during the course of a year? Ooh, I tend to come to the majority of them. I've only missed like the Redskins game. I didn't go to the Detroit game, which was away. Mm-hmm. I think, and then a couple Seattle. I've always wanted to go to Seattle, but I didn't get to make that one either. But I am there as much as possible. I'm trying to be as supportive as possible, rooting the whole team on, trying to get that win. And what do you typically say to Rodney after the game when he comes out and meets with all of you? Because I've seen him do it. I've seen you there in your McLeod jerseys. What do you say to him after a game? I yell and say, hey, good game, you know. And then, you know, he like, really, mom, calm down, especially if they lose. But I'm like, you played your game. You did your best. And that's all I can ask. As long as you do those things, I'm not going to complain. Of course, he needs that time to get over the things that he felt he did bad on. So I'll give him a day or two, then I'll call back, call him and say, hey, you know, what happened on, you know, whatever, whatever. And then he'll be like, yeah. But mostly I just keep encouraging him. Keep pressing on. Keep striving to do better. Perfect your game. Perfect your craft. Kim Holloman, the mother of Eagles safety, Rodney McLeod, thank you very much for joining us here on the Eagles Insider Podcast. Thanks for having me. I love how Kim took a little shot there at Rodney for his fashion sense. If you ever think that you're getting there, I feel like moms are the people who always kind of bring you back down to earth. 
and just find those little things to criticize exactly. in a nice way, of course. Of course. They're, not, they're never going to just shoot you down. But I think moms are always there to kind of make sure that you're you're not getting too far ahead of yourself or, in this case, you know, thinking too highly of how you dress. But I do like the way that Rodney McLeod dresses. I could not pull off any of the things Agreed, that he wears. Agreed, yes. I feel like we kind of wear the same, like, seven Eagles polos every, every day. So we don't have that many options to cycle through. But that's going to do it for this edition, the last regular season edition of the podcast. Wow, last regular season edition of the podcast. I, I, I think feel like we, we should pop a bottle of champagne or something. Good first year, Ricky Shue, pulling all the strings behind the scenes, did an excellent job all season Rick long. Ricky Shue, phenomenal. Absolutely outstanding. Producing and editing the podcast. Brian Thomas, supervising things, helping make sure it gets delivered each and every week. Uh, no, special thanks to you guys for making it happen. The biggest shout-out goes to all of you fans who listened, downloaded, commented, rated the podcast wherever you listen to it all throughout the year thank you so much for the support we greatly appreciate it i think we're gonna have some things coming in the off season yeah we'll keep things rolling won't be on a weekly basis but we'll definitely make sure it gets out there but we transition from this podcast to journey to the draft journey to the draft presented by triple a fran duffy's already booking hotels Mm. and booking flights and unbelievable that it's that time of year already we're gonna have a lot of fun with the journey to the draft podcast presented by triple a but For all of you, thank you so much for listening, not just today, but all season long here on the Eagles Insider Podcast. We will be back with new episodes later on in the offseason. For Alex Smith, I'm Chris McPherson signing off. We will talk to you soon.